Hello everyone, welcome along to the latest instalment of the Sport Huddle. Uh, thankfully, I'm back this week after a, a migraine-induced miss last week. I'm joined tonight by Bernie Thornton and Stuart Taylor, the creme de la creme of our pundits here at Leeds Hospital Radio Sport. And we'll be chatting all things local with Leeds United, Huddersfield Town, Bradford City, Harrogate Town, Leeds Rhinos, Yorkshire Cricket, and then um, our sporting moment of the week, where we probably will go away from West Yorkshire for one or two of our moments of the week. So we'll start. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, we'll actually start with the, the the breaking news as it happens. Um, and Bernie, as our resident Huddersfield Town fan, um, yeah, your thoughts on Huddersfield um, appointing Darren Moore as your new manager? Um, it was uh, announced uh, just a couple of hours ago. Yes, indeed, Ian. And um, I, I was there last night at the um, Huddersfield Stoke City fixture, and all the talk was of Darren Moore. Um, I don't think um, it, it was a case of narrowing it down to uh, possibilities and probabilities, really, because um, to, to give credit to the board, they had kept it under their under wraps uh, quite well, actually, and uh, uh, there was little more than speculation, I think, but. I think uh, just reading between the lines, I don't think many people will be disappointed with that selection. I personally uh, have a lot of respect and admiration for Darren Moore. I think he was uh, very, very good as a player with Bradford City. And his managerial career has been uh, relatively successful, I would say. His, uh, his high point, of course, being turning around a 4-0 deficit against Peterborough in the playoff semi-finals last year from League One to get Sheffield Wednesday to, to the final and, uh, and ultimately securing that promotion place. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, I, I like uh, the look of this. Um, the problem is for him, of course, he is following a very, very difficult act. We've had Neil Warnock there for a second spell, joined the club in February when they looked completely dead and buried. And uh, somehow he managed to wave his magic wand and uh, not only avoided relegation, but did so in some style and got them playing pretty well, such that it didn't even go down to the final match. So every credit to Neil Warnock and his various assistants, not, notably Ronnie Jepson, who played for the, the club under Warnock's first managerial stint. Uh, but yeah, they, they've done fantastically well. The, the side, well, they started off quite badly, really, but um, the, the, the most recent results have been seven points from the last three games, unbeaten for three. And they, they looked in reasonably good shape last night, actually. So Darren Moore, on the one hand, is taking over a cohesive, uh, fairly confident unit, I would say. Uh, but on the other hand, it's a terribly hard act to follow. And uh, we've seen so many managers come to grief when they've been put up with a straight comparison with the predecessor who has become a club legend. So, um, yeah, I, I've got to say out of the various possibilities that have been mooted around over the last couple of weeks, um, Darren Moore, I think, is a sensible and a positive appointment. So he'll do for me. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Bernie. Um, Huddersfield are playing Coventry City away on Monday night on the uh, on the old telly box. Um, so look out for that one. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot, Bernie. And yeah, such a hard act to follow in Neil Warnock, uh, a, a club uh, legend at Huddersfield Town for not only what he did first time round, but also for for 
for this time round as well. Um, and um, we wonder where Mr. Warnock will end up next. Um, Cheltenham Town have uh, just sacked their manager, so who knows? Um, well, he said in his press conference last night that it was it was going to have uh, four, four or five months off, and he'll be back in February when some club who's struggling against relegation wants to take him on. And I'm sure <laughs> exactly that will be the case. I'm sure it will. Thanks a lot, Bernie. Um, Stuart, we're going to talk um, Leeds United. Um, they've had a, a couple of great results, really. Three um, nil away win at Millwall, first victory at that ground in um, I think it was eleven years, and then a nil nil draw, but with ten men um, away at Hull City, who probably are still wondering how they didn't win that game uh, with the chance that they missed in the very last minute. Um, hitting the post when it looked absolutely easier to score. But yeah, Leeds picking up, Stuart, and they're doing all right under Daniel Farker. Yeah, I think they are. They're, um, you know, it's, it's very early stages of the season, of course, but they're, 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 they're lying um, comfortably in, in ninth place in the table. Um, I think that um, every day that goes by, the um, uh, the troubles and uh, tribulations that they had over the summer and during the transfer window, they're just sort of uh, drifting uh, further away. And, it, you know, when you look back, it really was a, a tough time for the new manager, Daniel Farker, coming in and having to cope with, uh, um, you know, the number of uh, uh, players on Premier League salaries who will have had to, who certainly will have had um, uh, some form of um Reduction built into the contract, uh, uh, looking to jump ship at the earliest opportunity. But uh, that, that that's all out of the way now. I think they've done really well to uh, retain uh, Willie Nonto and uh, and Somerville, and they look to be reintegrated into the team now. But you know why wouldn't they? Particularly Nonto, who's uh, you know wants to play in the uh, Euros next year. He's you know to, to do that, he's, he's got to perform to a high level every week. In the championship with Leeds, there's no point in sitting on his backside, you know, um, bemoaning the fact that he, he didn't get his move. He's got, he's got to perform now. Unfortunately, um, uh, he got injured last night against uh, against Hull um, uh, early on in the game. Actually, I think he was off after about 20 minutes. So, but we don't know how serious that is yet. But um, no, I, I, th- I think uh, you know Leeds fans will be fairly happy with with the start. Um, I think they'll certainly. I'm I'm sure that Daniel Farker is particularly happy that uh, that they've kept three consecutive clean sheets now, um, and uh, you know again, um, you know goals were flying in everywhere um, in in the Premier League last year. That really was uh, Leeds' Achilles' heel, the the defence. But uh, there seems to have been some shoring up there, a couple of shrewd buys. Um, so that's good. I I, I still think that. You know, uh, I think they missed an opportunity last night against Hull. I have to say, Hull didn't have a shot on target. They they did hit the post uh, when it was easier to score late on. But uh, Leeds really should have had that wrapped up in the the first half. I thought they were outstanding, actually, in the first half. A really high press. Uh, Hull were taking some real chances by trying to play it away from the back uh, and nearly came unstuck on more than one occasion. If it hadn't been for the uh, goalkeeper, Olsop, I think, who was making his debut last night for Hull City, uh, made three outstanding saves, then uh, it could have been done and dusted by half-time, actually. But, you know, that's football, isn't it? Um, 
you know, they've, they, they, they racked up three goals against Millwall, but nil-nil draw at home to Sheffield Wednesday uh, and, and last night's uh, um, stalemate as well. I, I, I still don't think they've quite sorted out who's going to score the goals. I mean, I thought Pirro, uh, the, the the buy from Swansea was an absolutely fantastic buy, and he scored a, um, you know, in the teens of goals for Swansea last season. But but he just doesn't seem to be playing in his best position. I think he's a number ten anyway. I don't think he's an out and out striker. But um, they've got uh, they've got Ruta at the moment uh, playing uh, as the striker with uh, with Pirro in a more sort of midfield role. And uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Uh, turn around sometime soon. I guess if once Bamford's fit again, if he's leading the line with Piro playing in the number ten role, then that could actually be a really potent um, uh, strike force. I think for for Leeds. So you know they've got some issues to to sort out, and, and the main issue is uh, just making sure that uh, you know when they're on top, uh, that they t- they're clinical in in taking the chances. And um, you know I, I would not be at all surprised if. Uh, they didn't end up in the uh, in the top six um, at the end of the season, even at this early stage. But as we know, it, you know, Bernie knows as as well as anybody in you do too. The championship is an arm wrestle, week after week. It is an arm wrestle, and uh, you know, you've got to be you've got to be absolutely up for it forty six times uh, during the yeah. course of the season to uh, to ensure that um, you know you get your fair share of points. But um, no, good start for Leeds. Yeah, good start. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, Stuart, just remind me, um, who's actually top of the championship right now? Oh, blimey. I thought you'd never mention it. It's um, that small town in, well, a city actually now in, in Lancashire. City? But yes. uh, we, yeah. yeah, but we still refer it to that small town. Uh, Preston North End. Preston. Preston North the End. Lily Whites. The Lily Whites. Six consecutive wins. That, well, we are now living up to that tag, of course. You know, that's the you are. Uh, the 1889 team that uh, we all remember. The first club to win the double, of course. So they'll never yes. take that away from us. No. Uh, but uh, no, heady, heady times indeed with uh, six consecutive wins. Um, you know, one of the smaller budgets in the uh, in the league. And we even... We broke our transfer record over the summer. We paid two million pounds for a Montenegrin striker from Cadiz, for goodness sake. How did we find him? <laughs> and he's gone from Cadiz to Preston. Well, yeah, and the story is, because I, I, you know, I'll, I'll be parochial for a minute. But um, yeah. yeah, Cadiz, um, Cadiz uh, picked him up on a tr- free transfer, I think, three years ago. Militan Osmajic. So they brought him in on a free transfer. Sorry, it was two years ago. Gave him a three-year contract. Never played for Cadiz. They sent him straight out on loan. Um, so they brought him in on a free transfer and they picked up two million quid for him without him actually uh, playing for Cadiz. So that, that's a good piece of business. Uh, and, uh, yes. Yeah, my uh, my close friend who lives, who has a, a holiday home, actually, uh, Cadiz is his local club. Um, he told me that um, the, uh, the Cadiz... Um, club through the local press wished him all the best. I'm sure they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two million pound profit. Yeah, um, absolutely <laughs> right. Absolutely right. 2.3 million euros, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. But uh, in the 67th minute of the game on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night, Tuesday night against Birmingham City, was it? No, it was Wednesday night, wasn't it? Um, the, yeah. um, 
he smashed his first goal in and immediately ripped his shirt off. Got a yellow card, but he's yeah. an instant he's an instant hero with the North End faithful. Militin Ozmaic. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the name. Remember, Remember the, the name. name. So yeah. brilliant. Um we're gonna just go on to Harrogate and Bradford in League Two. Um they played out a 1-1 draw um, last weekend um, at Bradford and the murmurs, the murmurs of discontent are turning from a murmur into something a little more solid. Um, speaking to a Bradford City fan at work, um, there yeah. are cries for Mark Hughes to lose his job already. Um, they're not very inspired by the football they're seeing and the results. Um uh, you two, um, I mean, what do you think, Stuart? It would be mad to sack someone this early. Well, it, it might be, but um, I, I mean, Bradford. Um, yeah, we spent, uh, we, we've seen Bradford. We, we've uh, we've covered Bradford over the last couple of seasons, and uh, I mean, it was a, it was a great um, great appointment at the time. Took everybody by surprise, but uh, I thought Bradford. I thought City really flattered to deceive last season, actually. And uh, yeah, although they they got late late on, they managed to scrape into the playoffs, but they were well beaten over the two legs by Carlisle. Um, and uh, it, it's, it, they haven't made a great start this season, and, and um, you know the number of players that have come through the club in the last uh, in, in the last eighteen months, which clearly Mark Hughes has driven, is is quite scary, really. And um, you, you're right. I mean, I, I shop at the uh, the local co-op in our village, and the young lad there's a Bradford City fan, and he's a staunch Mark Hughes supporter, but he's starting to run out of patience, and. You know, the boos were ringing around Valley Parade at the weekend, and I don't think he's got long now, actually, to um, uh, to turn it around. And it, it, it just feels like a job for Neil Warnock for me. Never mind the four or five months off. I'm thinking he <laughs> could be he could be back in West Yorkshire next week. To <laughs> complete the set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, um, you know, there's there's some ambitious clubs in League Two now that have got a bit of funding. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I still think, you know, the, the the issue I've got with Bradford is that, uh, you know, and I, I understand this, but you know, they 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 they've got this sort of we're a big club and we deserve to be, you know, in the Championship at least. You, you've got to you've got to earn that. You've got to earn that. You've got to earn it on the pitch. Yeah, definitely. I just have this feeling that with City, they're, they're a couple of wins away from going on a really good run and you know, getting up there in the top uh, top four, probably. But yeah. then when I think about it, I've been saying that for two years, so uh, it's yeah. probably right. The Pesci's will be running a little bit thin by now. Yeah, yeah. It really yeah. is, especially drawing against, no disrespect, Harrogate Town, who, yeah. you know, Harrogate Town shouldn't be going to Bradford City and getting a point. And yet Harrogate's record at Bradford and against Bradford is actually really very good. They, they've they won there a couple of times. They've picked up points. So um, Harrogate, you know, go to Bradford and, and think, yeah, we can definitely get something from here. Um, and it says a lot about Harrogate that no one's actually talking about them in a, in a they're going down type way. I think they're almost an established lower table League Two club, Bernie? 
Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that, Ian. They are in 20th position at the moment, so that doesn't leave them a lot of room to play with. And uh, the problem with that is, uh, I agree with what you say, they they have been in that rough area now for a a few seasons. But it only takes one bad run for them to be right in the relegation mire and then they're back to where they started from. So uh, it it isn't really a a tenuous position long long term, not that I'm sure Harry would want it. But uh, the question is, how do they get out of it without uh, a lot more finance behind them? Yeah. yeah, and they yeah. can only do what they can do because of their their fan bases. Their catchment area is uh, small. Um, Leeds, Bradford are on the doorstep. Um, I mean, Middlesbrough is not that far from Harrogate either. Um, York City, so yeah, it's mm. um, they're actually punching above their weight now, aren't right. they? Yeah, they yeah. have been for a few years since they got yeah. Uh, yeah. promoted into the league. Just, just one, uh, just going back to Bradford for a second, Ian. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other point, of course, is that, um, you know, last year they were heavily reliant on the goals of Andy Cook, who scored, what, 30, 30 goals across the season. I mean, there's yes. been no way without that contribution. And, uh, I, I don't know if he's still injured, but, um, he certainly, yes. Yes, um, yes. He, he's been, uh, he's been absent for, you know, uh, pretty much, I think, since almost since the start of the season, or, or got injured out for a couple of games, I think. So uh, uh, they're really missing him, and, and uh, you know, clearly haven't got uh, uh, anybody on the books who can step in and, and fill what are, are, are a very large boots. So you know, yeah, yeah goals win matches. We know that, and, and that's yes. where they're struggling. And they've got Matt Derbyshire, who I genuinely thought oh. had retired years ago, but he's um, he's been leading the line. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, you know, last seen last seen in the Indian Premier League, yes, and uh, yeah. you know suddenly turns up at uh, Valle Parade. It's just I don't, I don't quite get it, but anyway, there we go. Not that IPL, a different IPL. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> that one. <laughs> so Bradford are away at Newport County um, this uh, Saturday, and uh, we look at League Two. Harrogate Town are playing Salford City, um, so. Hopefully that will be three points to Harrogate there um, on because um, uh, Salford look a very poor side at the moment. So um, fingers crossed for Harrogate. So we'll <clears throat> leave local football there and we will go on to yeah, Yorkshire cricket. Um, Yorkshire have been playing Leicestershire and are still playing Leicestershire um, while we record this. There's a, a day left. Um, Bernie, can you give us a, 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 a day three um, three-day review of what's been happening. Yes, there's uh, not much to be said about day two. Uh, day one, Yorkshire, uh, well, they, they, they made 155 in the first innings, which uh, suggests that it was a pretty uh, spicy wicket. And uh, then Leicestershire went into bat today and uh, they were in big trouble uh, throughout most of the innings. And uh, somehow they managed to put on a last wicket stand of 93 to take them to 233. So uh, uh, in terms of the proportion, that last wicket stand was uh, was quite enormous, about, about 40% of the runs. So um, I think you'd have to say that uh, on a pitch which does give every impression of being bowler friendly, and why wouldn't it be when Leicestershire desperately need a result out of this game? then um, uh, you, you've got to wonder why it took Yorkshire so long to break that last wicket stand. 
And then uh, maybe the pitch is flattening out because Yorkshire went out to bat in the second innings and at the close of play on day three, they are 113 for one. Finlay Bean was out just before the close uh, for 46, I think it was, and um, Adam Lyers just put up 50. So they've got a 35 run lead now. So it's effectively Yorkshire 35 for one uh, in a one innings match. Uh, Leicestershire do, of course, have to win this game. They do have uh, aspirations of taking that second promotion spot, as our colleague Jim Walker repeatedly tells us every every time uh, I, I come into contact with Jim. He's got great uh, hopes of Leicestershire being promoted after many, many seasons of dragged, being dragged along the bottom. And uh, good luck to them, I say. But they have an uphill task, I think. They've, they've got to peg back 20-odd points, I think, from Worcestershire. And Worcestershire still have a chance of getting a few bonus points, albeit that their game will be... Um, uh, uh, almost certainly ending a draw. That's against Durham, the league leaders. So, um, yeah, Leicester should, of course, still have a chance of winning this game against Yorkshire, although they're going to have to bowl Yorkshire out pretty quickly to do so. Uh, I would think Yorkshire will just uh, bat out tomorrow as long as they can and um, uh, accumulate a, a few more points in the draw. Very disappointing season for Yorkshire, of course. We've been through that several times uh, this season. And um, this is just a game they've got to get through, try and find some positives out of it. They've got some uh, a, a fresh couple of young players uh, waiting in the wings, several of whom are, uh, have been tried. We, again, we touched on this last week. Uh, is there any pattern to it? Uh, uh, should they be concentrating on smaller numbers of young players? We've got Ben Cliff in the side now, young fast bowler. He took two wickets in Leicestershire's innings. But, um, yeah, a sorry season for Yorkshire, really, with everything that's been going on off the field. It's been very disappointing on the field. So Yorkshire will want nothing more than to get this one and next week's game, next week's home game, out of the way, go off for a break and come back and, and start again, hopefully with uh, uh, a, a, a clean sheet once they start training and get into next season. So uh, sorry to be so dismal, but that's where we are at Yorkshire County Cricket Club at the moment. No, no, um, that's where we are. And um, I think, yeah, that's where we are. Um, and we're going from one uh, kind of disappointing season to to another, um, literally um, across the stand um, from Yorkshire cricket to Leeds Rhinos. Um, Stuart, this season ends tomorrow night, Friday, as we record Thursday. Leeds are playing at home to Cass. And um, yeah, this season just cannot end soon enough, can it? It's been an absolute shocker. It, um, it, it really has. And, um, you know, their um, uh, last two games of um, no points scored and 110 conceded um, with the uh, home thrashing by uh, uh, by Wigan and then the uh, even greater thrashing by uh, Catalans uh, uh, down in the south of France uh, last weekend. So, yeah, it's um, I, I, I really can't put my finger on it, Ian. Um, I, I played golf earlier today with um, uh, a friend who's a, uh, who's been a Rhino's season ticket holder for years. He's actually just accepted an invite uh, to a Q&A session with um, Gary Hetherington, the uh, chief exec, and um, uh, Smith, first name escapes me for a second. Rowan Smith. Pardon? Rowan. 
Rowan, Rowan Smith, that's right. So Hetherington and Smith have invited uh, sort of season ticket holders to a Q&A session at the beginning of October. So that could, should be quite interesting, I think. That's um, very brave of them. <laughs> it is very, very yeah. brave of them. I mean, what, I what, they put uh, that live on YouTube. <laughs> what, what, the, what we'll get out of it, I don't know. But uh, I mean, the, uh, I, I, you know, I said to my friend that, you know, Leeds, the, the Rhinos, They've always had, um, you know, a strong identity, and they just seem to have, just seem to have lost the way. Um, yep. uh, and again, it's all it's all about what you put on the pitch. And you know, the, all right, they've uh, they've been a, a bit unfortunate in that uh, they lost their uh, halfback pairing of Caesar and uh, Austin Caesar Caesar to to injury, and uh, Austin um, uh, he went off to Cass. I think that was because. Um, uh, Leeds Rhinos were stalling on a on a new on a new contract for him, and uh, he went over the threshold, the date threshold, when he could actually say, right, okay, I'm off, I'm going to find something else. So off he went to Cass about three or four games ago, and then of course they lost Richie Myler, so they lost Caesar and Austin, and then uh, Richie Myler's now out for the rest of the season. So that hasn't been helpful. But there's clearly been some issues within the camp. You know, the Cruz Leeming affair was 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 a strange one. Uh, you know, he he left the club. Uh, not really explained why why that's happened. Um, so, um, you know, uh, Rowan Smith. It's his. You know, it's a big coaching job. Uh, he was a left field um, appointment when when he came in at the beginning of last season. Of course, they got off to a pretty. Um, well, sorry, he didn't come in at the beginning of last season. He came in. No, and, no it was halfway. Well, not even halfway through. It was no just, about. Uh, a, about a third of the way, so. a third of the way through the season, yeah. when yeah. Agar left, and uh, you know they were rhinos at that stage were only above Toulouse in the in the table and looking like having to find a fight a relegation battle, and uh, of course uh, Smith turned it round and um, you know got them through to the grand final against St Helens um, at the back end of last year, and and I really thought they would kick on this year, um, but they've never looked like it to be honest. You know, they've, they've had a couple of impressive victories, but just haven't been able to put any sort of consistent run together. I don't think, you know, that's not unusual, I guess, in, in rugby league in, in, in recent years, but, uh, it's just been desperately dis- disappointing. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I, I guess they've got to work out, you know, whether it's going to be, they're going to bring through their, uh, the, the, the young talented players, uh, whether they can get, some some experience in over the uh, over the winter to uh, you know to help those players along, but uh, they've really got some work to do uh, to you know, go anywhere near challenging uh, St Helens, Wigan, um, Catalans because they seem to be drawing ever further away from the rest, and uh, you know uh, they're, they're going to be gone if if we're not careful. And one final thing. I feel really sorry for Wakefield Trinity supporters. Um, you know, 24 years in Super League and uh, uh, their relegation was confirmed last weekend. And I fear for Wakefield as a club. Uh, yes. yeah, the, the dilapidated stadium. Um, they're, they're in. They're in big trouble. I think. Uh, yeah. let, let's hope that you know that famous and I can't call them Wildcats they're still Trinity to me uh, yeah. uh, and let's hope that that uh, famous old club uh, can uh, you know just pull together and uh, that better times are around the corner 
Absolutely, Wakey were the, the 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 club of the sixties, and you know they had so many um, rugby league legends, not just Wakefield legends. They had rugby league legends playing for them in the sixties. Uh, it's such a crying shame, but yeah, the Bellevue is. Well, yeah, I don't want to be so uh, disrespectful, but it is not fit for purpose, and um, I hope, just hope that they can sort something out and uh, and get back to Super League because. Um, the um, Super League needs a strong Yorkshire um, because uh, it hasn't had in this year, although Hall KR are in the playoffs. So, and they reach Wembley as well. So Hall KR have done all right. Um, the rest will just leave. Yeah, we'll just leave it like that. Um, <clears throat> so we are. Um, wow, couple of minutes. Wow, I've done quite well this week. Um, but now we're doing sporting moment of the week. And so this will take us way over time, but I'm, I'm ready for it. Um, Bernie, what is your sporting moment of the week, sir? Well, it concerns an England, uh, sorry, that, 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 I hope there's no um, Scots or Irish or Welsh uh, listening to this, a British triumph in uh, an international competition. I'm talking, of course, about the Davis Cup, where mm. uh, Great Britain over last weekend they um, they, they overcame Australia, Switzerland, and France, three very strong tennis nations, in uh, the Davis Cup. I don't know what kind of, what kind of finals these are. One thing about the Davis Cup is I've never understand that, understood how it is organised. No, no. It's like the, it's like the semi-finals, if you like. Although there's many many matches going on or have been. But uh, they're through to the grand finals now with the eight teams in this uh, this final stage, but the uh, penultimate stage, um, they beat Australia, Switzerland and France, each went 2-1 to Great Britain, and um, in, in the last uh, very dramatic uh, denouement against France, we had Dan Evans and Neil Skupski, the doubles pairing, they saved four match points and uh, eventually came out uh, uh, two sets to one winners in that one, they were 6-1 down in the first set, they lost first set 6-1, and uh, the, the next two, the one on tiebreaks, fantastic effort by those two. And um, you, you just dare to, to hope that British tennis, certainly on the male side, is on the up. Uh, we've got three in the top 41, which is a random number, but that's Andy Murray on 41. Dan Evans is on 27. And Cam Norrie, who's um, only been a bit part player in this Davis Cup because he's not in the greatest of form, he's on number 17. So um, it's great to see British players doing well in tennis. It's not often you can say that, but they, they did fantastically well uh, last weekend to overcome those three strong sides. And I really look forward to seeing them in the grand finals. That Well, they're taking on Serbia in the first game. I don't know how it works from there, but uh, we'll find out in due course. So well done, the GB tennis team. Absolutely. We, um, we last won the Davis Cup in 2015, I believe it was. Um, Andy Murray was pretty much in his pomp around that time and it's great to see him in the top 50 again actually it's brilliant to see um brilliant thanks a lot bernie um stuart um you've already spoken about one sporting moment of the week so um what's what's what is your sporting moment of the week well yeah i'll just confirm that my personal sporting moment of the week is happened in the 67th minute at deepdale on uh, wednesday <laughs> evening uh, tuesday evening when the montenegrin Monte, montenegrin <laughs> international, <laughs> international international 14 counts for montenegro 
Militin Osmajic smashed the ball home to send Preston North End back to the summit of the championship. What a fantastic moment that that was but uh, you know we we can't afford to be parochial on this program i have to say until about 15 minutes ago um I, I, my script was around about the davis cup so because <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, i i do agree that was a fantastic uh a fantastic event a fantastic yeah, uh, was. uh sunday uh you know with thirteen thousand. Uh, packed into the Manchester Arena to to watch that. It must have been something to to be at actually, uh, a record for a record crowd for a Davies Cup. However, um, I sort of had a, my sixth sense uh, suggested that if Bernie was uh, in first, he, <laughs> he, he he might grab that. So you're starting I, to worry me now, Stuart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's um, let's pay tribute to our uh, our good friend and colleague who's not with us tonight. I think he's on holiday, so he he might be listening to this. So we we can't we can't let this pass by. I was I, I'm sure he's absolutely uh, distraught, Bernie, that uh, you didn't mention uh, in your report about the latest county championship game. You didn't mention that uh, Leicestershire, uh, the mighty Foxes, had won their first list day trophy in 38 years last weekend. Shame on you. But, Jim, I'm with you. If you're listening, I'm with you. So so he will. So my sporting moment of the week was uh, the mighty Foxes, as I say, who won their first list day trophy in 38 years at Trent Bridge last Saturday as they beat Hampshire off the last ball. Uh, to win the one day cup um final at Trent Bridge and uh, I think the game if the if the game started at eleven o'clock, which I think it did, uh, at half past eleven or thereabouts, it really didn't look like it was going to be much of the game because uh, Leicestershire won the toss, batted first and uh, were nineteen for four and uh, <laughs> looking in all sorts of trouble. But the well, there were two heroes I guess for for, for Leicestershire. Uh, firstly um, a young man called Harry Swindles or Swindells, um, who uh, was only came into the game because uh, Peter Hanscom, the the Australian who'd uh, uh, batted and kept wicket for for Leicestershire throughout the competition, he'd gone back to Australia. So Swindells was uh, brought in at the last moment to deputise for him, and uh, he just played the the innings of his life. He scored uh, 117 not out. He became the first Foxes player to score a century in a limited overs final since Roger Tolchard did it at Lords in. 1972 and uh, and also the highest score in a final since uh, really Russo made 125 not out for when Hampshire beat Kent at Laws in 2018 it was his uh, maiden uh, list a century and uh, what a performance it was by uh, by Harry Swindells and uh, afterwards when he was interviewed he said because uh, um, he, he's not I don't think he's sure about his future at Leicestershire next year and um, in the days leading up to finally he'd actually been looking at jobs he'd been looking for uh, potentially for, for a job for next season but uh, one hopes uh, that um, he's uh, he's now well, certainly his place is secured in, uh, in in Leicestershire County Cricket Club history, that's for sure. Uh, particularly, they, they haven't won a, as I say, they haven't won a trophy for 38 years since David Gower's side, you know, with with Jonathan Agnew, Peter Willey, Chris Bolderston, James Whitaker beat Graham Gooch's Essex in the uh, Benson Hedges Cup final at Lords in, in in 1985. They haven't even been to a one-day final in, at all in 22 years. So it's a real turn-up. Um, 
And um, I mean, I mentioned uh, I've talked at length about Harry Swindells, but there's also another hero in the side because uh, Hampshire gave it a, a good go and uh, they actually only needed eight runs off the last <coughs> over. And uh, the responsibility for the uh, last over went to a 19 year old um, Tyro, really called Josh Hull, um, who um, you know, rather like uh, Joffrey Archer in that World Cup final, took the responsibility for uh, for bowling the last over, and he he limited it. He limited Hampshire to just five off the last over, so uh, Leicestershire got over the line by uh, uh, by two runs. So um, well done, Harry Swindells. Really well done, Josh Old. Fantastic to do that at uh, at the death to limit Hampshire off the last over. My sporting moment of the week: the Mighty Foxes winning the One Day Cup final at Trent, Trent Bridge to secure their first trophy in 38 years. Jim, congratulations! <laughs> You'll love well that. Done, Stuart. Jim will be proud of you. Jim will be <laughs> proud of you. And also, how much uh, joy and glee they would have taken from winning a One Day trophy at the home of their nearest and dearest Nottinghamshire at Trent Bridge. So oh. that would have made it even sweeter for them, I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, well played to Leicestershire and uh, well played to Bernie and to Stuart. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for your company tonight. It's been absolutely fantastic. And um, we'll be back next week, as we always are. Um, the Cricket World Cup's coming up, so we'll be previewing that at some point soon. The Rugby World Cup's ongoing. We'll be talking about that as well and um, keeping you up to date with local football. And um, Rugby League season will end uh, this week, so we will have a final end of season. Um, uh, I, I want to come up with a word, but I, I, I can't think of one. Um, What's your so, well, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But anyway, get well soon. Um, Leeds um, are home to uh, Watford, I believe, this Saturday. Uh, we've got commentary on that. And we will have commentary on Leeds against Cass straight after this, if you're listening to this, on Friday night. If you're not listening to this on Friday night, it was last night. Um, so um, we'll have full match commentary on Leeds against Cass. But um, get well soon, everybody. Get out of hospital. And thank you. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>